Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Crystal Alexander Hill. Crystal is a sexual embodiment coach and spiritual mentor. She works with starseeds and conscious men and women to explore their erotic energy so that they can feel safe to express their desires, create meaningful connections, and deeper intimacy from a place of sovereignty and joy. As a divine feminine leader who has assisted awakening women for the past 12 years to step into their feminine flow, their masculine presence, power, bliss, and sovereignty, she understands the importance of self-acceptance in order to create deep and meaningful connections whilst remaining true to a sense of self. Crystal also offers spiritual journeys to Egypt and Mexico and initiates individuals and couples into tantric practices through relationship coaching and online workshops. Thank you so much for being here, Crystal. It's my absolute pleasure, Emmy. Thank you for having me. Mm, it's a blessing to have you with us and I'm, I'm super excited to hear what you've got to tell us today. Now, let's delve straight in. I always like to ask my guests first, as this podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, what does the concept of sacred feminine power mean to you? Mm, yes. So the, the sacred feminine to me, or the divine feminine as I call her, is the birthplace of all things. She is the creative power of the universe and she dreams things into existence. Um, she does so with grace, ease, and joy. And this element of power means that when we, when we embody her essence within us, regardless of whether we're in a male or female body, it means that we, yeah, we embody an inner strength that is not something that needs to be kind of demonstrated but it just is it's like innately within us when we are in that divine feminine or sacred feminine essence mm. that's beautiful and i love the way you talk about um dreaming things into existence with ease and grace and joy that is such a beautiful way of putting it and that's how manifestation should be for all of us isn't it Absolutely. And you know, the, the more I released my fears, the more I stopped pushing. And I would love to share a lot more about this as we go along. The more these synchronicities happen faster and faster, you know, we can really, when we're tapped into that highest energy of the divine feminine or the sacred feminine, we can really manifest with such ease. Mm, I'd love to hear more about that later on. Thank you for that. Now, could you share one challenge uh, from your life that you have faced that has really helped you to activate the sacred or divine feminine power within you and in your life? You know, that, that question, I was pondering about it and I'm feeling there wasn't really one thing. Like I haven't had like anything super traumatic happening in my life. And so at first in my 20s, I was like, whoa, my, I'm I'm okay. My life is okay. I'm, I'm very lucky in my upbringing. So, so for me, it was like 
a pressure cooker you know when when it when it slowly builds and builds and builds and builds until it explodes and you don't even know why it exploded mm -hmm. and what the traumatic event was or the challenge but it was just the accumulation of a life lived in the wounded masculine in the patriarchal paradigm which for me yeah, I call it the wounded masculine, which is like we've been taught that we need to fit into a box. We need to achieve things in order to be loved. At least that was, you know, growing up in, in Germany with parents who've grown up in the post-war. It was very deeply ingrained in them that you had to do something with your life. You had to earn things. It couldn't just be easy and flowing. It's the complete opposite to what we've just been talking about. Mm. Um, and so having this internal makeup of of separation of not feeling understood not feeling feeling that i need to prove myself like the first thing that happened when i was in grade 4 was that i was bullied and in that time i made a decision that i would prove them wrong so it was like how dare they um bully me just because I'm different and I was a very shy girl and so for the for, from that moment onwards my high achiever was born and so but I did everything out of fear rather than out of flow and it to the detriment often of my health I mean I achieved great things um, but the underlying consciousness was fear-based and scarcity-based, and I need to prove something in order to be someone rather than just doing the things out of my flow and out of the joy of doing them, which is so different. And so when I became a theater director, I did reasonably well. And then when I moved to Australia and I came into coaching, I really felt like I understood the 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 structure of, of humans and how we, when we change the structure, we can change the outcomes like internally, how we can release fears. And, but still, I was still looking for clients from this fear-based thing of needing to prove something to the world, to myself. And this it was in, in around that time you know i was doing all the right marketing techniques i was doing everything i was told and nothing was happening because my higher self was blocking me saying no you're not going to have success when you're coming from that place of ego when you're coming from that place of needing to prove something when you're coming from that place of scarcity um and that really when i realized that it was also then that the universe brought me my now partner. It was 10 and a half years ago. And he was saying to me, you know, you're going to work with a goddess. You're here to embody the divine feminine. And that was a, quite a foreign concept to me, but it was the beginning of that change. It was the beginning of that transformation. I had been, I'd done enough in this really hardship way to say, right, then I was calling out for it. I was asking the universe because I was, you know, very, always very spiritual. Um, there must be a different way. There must be an easier way. Please show me, please guide me. So there was an, there was an element of really needing to surrender the ego, needing to surrender the need to be right, needing to, because you know, that, that wounded masculine needs to assert itself. It needs to, 
in order to be right, in order to be valid, it has to be right. And so in order to, for me to find something new and to tap into an easier way, I had to acknowledge to myself that perhaps I wasn't right. And whilst I was always looking for faults and at the same time also running the wounded feminine, which, you know, she's the victim, she doubts herself. So those two were kind of, yeah, inside of me running my, the show of my inner world, the one that the wounded masculine wanting to achieve and the wounded feminine feeling a victim and, and, and wounded and, and tired of all of these things that the wounded masculine was doing in order to get us, i.e. me, to go somewhere. Um, yeah, and so once, once I could just let that go and acknowledge, well, I don't have all the answers um, that was the beginning of the change, that surrender, that letting go. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I think your message will resonate with many, many of our listeners. And this growing up in a patriarchal context and having to do things in a more, in a more masculine way, which, as you said, is so much about the achieving and focusing on results and constantly doing, doing, doing and trying to get to the next step, as opposed to the more feminine way which is then about allowing that that surrender and that trust and just being into the picture as well thank you for sharing about that um, mm. I think also a lot of people will resonate with this sense of being in a pressure cooker that you talked about what, what, what do you feel would be the divine meaning or the hidden blessing in having been inside that pressure cooker and coming to the other side of it. You were alluding to this already, but could you please expand on that? Mm, for sure. And, and before we do, I really just want to put a disclaimer in here. When I talk about the wounded masculine, I'm not talking about the divine masculine. So I, I definitely don't want to shame because I've been you know, talking about these concepts. I come across a lot of people who are, who are feeling, a lot of men who are feeling attacked mm -hmm. by you know, say using the words patriarchy, which obviously have bad connotations mm -hmm. and they're taking it personal. It is. And I want to really be very clear on that's not how I mean that both men and women have this, you know, wounded masculine. We've, we've got it within us and it is not gender based in any way. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, but yes, coming back to um, the hidden gift of the pressure cooker, it's it's like shame when we when we have a secret it is we have shame in our body and it's it's like we're suppressing an aspect of us but then when the when we can't hold any more secrets any more hiding it kind of just all comes out there is a big release and and in a way that is the gift it's like the full acceptance of all of who we are shadows pimples whatever you know whatever it is just accepting what is and and that release that because it takes a lot of energy to to suppress something or to need to prove something and then when we when we come into that place of acceptance there's nothing to prove anymore because we're coming from compassion we're coming from a place of love and understanding that it is what it is, and we always, always do the best with do the best that we can with the knowledge and the experience and information 
available to us. So when we come to that place within saying it is what it is, yeah, that, that to me in a way was the gift too. And then that next part of the journey was me really going into the opposite. You know, we, we need to experience both sides of the pendulum. We need to experience all of the wounded masculine, this pushing. And then I moved into almost too much flow. And a lot of my clients are in that place as well. They, they, they're flowing. They're saying, oh, I'm divinely guided and whatever will be, will be. And I'm just going to leave it up to the universe. And that is an important quality. But when it's out of balance with a healthy masculine, it's never going to get anyone anywhere either. But this is where I kind of moved into a little bit whilst my wounded masculine was still there as well until after a few years I found that inner marriage, that place where I could be in my divine feminine and the divine masculine was sort of holding and anchoring and centering me in my being. So those two came together. And so the, the divine masculine for me is, is that part of the masculine that can provide and protect. And I know protection can have some negative connotations sometimes, but it's really about it's holding space. It's, it's holding space for the divine feminine to dream and to be in that, that beautiful space where she can, you know, dream reality into existence. And then it's handed over to the inner divine masculine that then can put it out there into the world. He is the action taker who can take grounded actions without needing to prove anything totally in partnership with a divine feminine so that there is flow and we can look for the synchronicities that are there. Yeah. Thank you for expanding on that. You've made some really, really important points. And I would love to hear a little bit more about from you in terms of the the wounded masculine and the wounded uh, feminine. And I know that you also talk a lot about unity consciousness. So could you expand a little bit on that and how you relate these different concepts together? Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. So from what we've had, like I'm, I'm going to zoom out quite a lot right now. Um, in, in the ancient times, you know, the times of the golden age of the goddess where people lived in harmony. It was a matriarchal society. Um, the priestesses were the stronghold of the community in the temples. That was a very harmonious time of creativity, of flourishing arts, music, literature, um, and beautiful temple arts where and sexuality was also very much a part of, of this life where sexuality was an integrated part in the culture. There was no shame. It was all embraced and celebrated as the life force that it is. Um, so that was a matriarchal system, um, which resonates really or is connected to the solar, the sacral chakra. So humanity at that time was developing the sacral chakra or maturing the sacral chakra. Prior to that, we were in the dark ages of the hunters and gatherers, where it was all about safety and security and survival um, to create, you know, maturing the base chakra. Then we moved for the last four to 5,000 years, we moved into the solar plexus, which is the maturing of 
power, personal power. And in order for that to happen, we needed to have power struggles. So to know what we are not, you know, the greatest gift often is the opposite of what we're experiencing. And we have all throughout our numerous incarnations been the victim and the perpetrator. It's not just that we've been a victim all along. No, that's just what we're experiencing and feeling. And that's what's most traumatizing. But really, we've also in many ways been the perpetrator. And it's important for us to look at that shadow or at both shadows in order to integrate them, because without that integration, we can't come into the unity consciousness. So yes, so for the last four, 500,000 years, we've lived in this masculine patriarchy in the wounded masculine energy. And it is now at these times that we're recording this with the coronavirus and being almost like a catalyst for a greater collective consciousness to wake up or there's the opportunity and the potential for us now to collectively wake up to coming together for a greater cause that brings us back into our, the, the things that are important to us, like connection, community, harmony, and as within, so without. So this, there's the potential now for this to happen on the collective, but there's also the potential for this to happen inside of us because we have so many fragmented aspects. We have, mm -hmm. as I already said, the perpetrator, we have the victim, we have the healer, we have the in intellectual. They are all these archetypes that are residing within us that are often contradictory. But when we bring them together with one governing um, essence that is our highest essence, our higher self, saying this is our governor, this is who are our leader, and then bringing all of these fragmented aspects to working in harmony together within ourselves in full acceptance of the uniqueness of one, in full acceptance of what they each bring to the table. Yeah, when we can come into that acceptance, then the world can reflect that as well. And so we're coming into an inner marriage of the divine masculine, the divine feminine, which I was reading today, actually, one of those beautiful synchronicities, uh, Germaine Greer, the Australian writer, mm -hmm. and also of the second wave of the feminist movement, she said, the opposite of patriarchy is not matriarchy, because that's of the past. It's paternity. So she called it paternity. I call it unity consciousness, really coming together in, in this marriage. Mm. Well, that is beautiful. I feel like you've taken us on a real journey there with that beautiful illustration. Thank you for that. Um, you mentioned, uh, or actually when I introduced you, I mentioned that you work with starseeds. Would mm. you mind elaborating a bit more to our listeners about what are starseeds and what is the significance of starseeds at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question. And they are, they are so important at this time. So starseeds are consciousnesses, souls that have incarnated into a human body, but their energy, their essence is from different star races. So listeners may have heard of the Palladians, the Arcturians, the Syrians, the Hathors, the Andromedans. They're all different star races and they have a real interest to coming 
to this planet at this time to assist the human consciousness to evolve because we are at this transition from solar plexus into the heart chakra or into the life force chakra. Um, in astrology, they talk about it moving into the Aquarian age. And so there is support because within human DNA, we actually have star seeder DNA as well. Mm. Um, and, and so what, where am I going with this? So there, there, there is a connection, but the human consciousness has evolved, you know, the, the, from the earth, like it, the consciousness of the earth first was in the minerals, then in the, the plants, in the, in the animals, then in the, in the humans. And it, it kind of evolves. And now we're in this human phase where we're evolving through the chakras um, and the star races are coming in to assist. They each have a specific quality. It's very, very unique in this universe to have all these conflicting emotions in one being, which, you know, in our human being. For example, the Palladians, they are all about you know, people say unconditional love. They're all about life force energy, about connecting. And the Syrians, they're all about intellect, leading with the mind. They're like the divine masculine aspect. And the Palladians are the divine feminine aspect in many respects. And so each star race works with a specific quality that identifies them as a collective and in the human, we have them all together. And so in a way, it is, there was an experiment um, and again, this is this is my my understanding, um, and it may not may or may not resonate with everyone. But there was an experiment that the human race was created as a vessel to bring the fragmentation of the star races back into harmony, and it had to be lived out in the third dimensional reality, because the star races there were you know we've heard of Star Wars, um, and it's 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 based on something real and so they wanted to find a vehicle in which these conflicts could be resolved and this is what we're doing in this human body and so the star races have a great interest in in assisting the human humanity to come into unity consciousness both within the individual as well as within the collective human Mm. so it sounds like we have truly a massive opportunity to evolve as as humanity and as a planet and also as a as universe or solar system, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Because what happens here, what I often find is that what I'm working on, we're creating templates within ourselves that we can then kind of upload back into the universe as a template that can be used for resolving conflicts. Mm. Wow. Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, and I feel like I'm only just touching the surface, and <laughs> and there's so much more to unlock. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot. For sure, um, I understand that you are in the process, or or have just recently created um, a temple that is connected to the galactic work that you were talking about. Now, would you mind expanding on that? Yes, thank you for that. So yes, I've um, just created an online membership called the 
temple of galactic embodiment. And it's really been birthed out of this current crisis where my focus initially was very much into, you know, running the temple of conscious eroticism. So working with a sexual energy to um, come into higher levels of consciousness, to, to bring people together, to release their codependent tendencies and release any misunderstandings around intimacy and really coming together in deeper connection. And then I realized in this current crisis that I've been focusing so much on this, the tantric work that I've left a part of me behind this part that I'm just talking about um, my awareness of my own star seeded origins as a Hathor which, which works on the ninth dimensional level around, you know, the consciousness. Some people call them the consciousness keepers. And yeah, my whole journey in this human body is to bringing that through and reconnecting with this being or inner human body. And so the temple of galactic embodiment is a fusion where we are really working on our human vessel to cultivating our life force energy. So we're polishing our human vessel to hold um, this higher dimensional energy, our multidimensional self, and really be able to bring that into our physical body and hold it there for a period of time, not just connecting to it in meditation, but actually finding the tools and the ways in which we can embody it because as i said in the beginning when we are centered in ourself and connected to our multi-dimensional existence the way we can tap into the unlimited field of consciousness and manifestation is is very instant um, when I'm in that state, I think of something and I manifest it the next day. Synchronicities increase, um, but both ways. Like not just not just the good, only the good things. Also, when I when I when I manifest my fears into the future, suddenly my car breaks down because I've been having a thought. So it's the the more we cultivate our our frequency, the higher we we raise it the more instant our manifestations both ways. Mm. And for us to be able to raise that frequency, what, what, what do we need to be doing? What, what, are the kind of, um, what are the kind of practices that you would engage in? Yeah, so the first thing really is to accept everything that is and not to judge it, not to shame it, because we need to clear out, we need to face our shadow so whatever is there rather than just ignoring it putting it under this under the carpet is like looking at it embracing it loving it back into wholeness that's really the first step mm-hmm. and then the second step is yeah we, the we need to be really um, centered in ourselves so the connection to the earth here the connection to that physical embodiment that life force energy is actually really really important to you know people call it grounding i i'm hesitating sometimes to use that word because it can also feel like it can be stagnation when we're grounding something we're holding it so i like to use the word centering as a as a as a as a way to describe that so that when we're centered in ourselves in our human physical body can then open up 
and we could even I could even just take you through just a very very quick um, guided journey if, if you like to to kind of connecting to that highest essence yeah let's do that thank you great all right so if it is safe to do so I invite you to just put both feet on the on the ground on the earth and breathing, just bringing your awareness to your breath, deepening and lengthening the breathing. You can even breathe in through the nose and out of the mouth, letting go of the mind. And as you do, almost like visualizing that the mind is dropping into the body and then bringing your awareness to your feet imagining that you can breathe all the way into your feet feeling the life force energy in your feet as it is connecting to the earth to the energy of mother gaia feeling that energetic exchange between the earth and your feet even visualizing yourself growing roots all the way down into the heart of the earth and then breathing this beautiful energy of the earth who has also just gone through her own ascension through her own rebirthing process breathing that up into your feet and your feet may even begin to tingle as you're increasing your life force energy in your feet simply by bringing awareness to them And then pulling that energy up your legs into your base chakra at the base of your spine, into your sacral chakra, breathing it up, up into your solar plexus, your center of power, and up into your heart. And now that you are strongly centered in your physical body, imagine opening up through your crown chakra at the top of your head and now breathing in golden liquid light. And imagining that this golden liquid light is coming from the highest essence of your soul. You might already know exactly what that is, or you might just hold that as an intention. Breathing it in through your crown, through your third eye, your wisdom center, into your throat, so that it may clear out the veil of illusion, so that it may clear out any fears of persecution, the lies, so that you can speak your truth, allowing that light to flush out anything that is no longer serving you. And then allowing it to move all the way down into your heart, meeting the earth energy here, 
feeling a beautiful alchemy happening from above and below. And then allowing it to move through the rest of your body all the way down to your feet into the earth. And feeling that you are becoming a pillar of light, firmly centered in your physical body and connected and expanded to your highest essence. Imagining your highest essence now coming down through that liquid light. And you know, really, everything happens in the same time and space. It's just that our human mind likes to visualize the higher dimensions higher up. But really, it's just a shift of consciousness that we can exist in many and all dimensions all at the same time. So feeling now your multidimensional self, your highest essence connected to your physical being. Just taking three deep breaths here to fully allow that to, to expand, to, for that awareness to expand. And now you can gently bring your awareness back to your physical body. If you like, you can keep the sensations and the feelings and the heightened awareness of your higher dimensional self as you're coming back into the room that you are in, opening your eyes and see if you can keep the essence of your highest self present with you right now. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful, Crystal. Thank you so much. Mm, my pleasure. Mm, I'm still buzzing all over. <laughs> yes, I am. My whole crown has gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, so if our listeners wanted to work with you and get more of these practices that you've just shared with us, uh, how would they find you? So they can find me through my website, which is my name, all in one word, crystalalexanderhill.com. And I'm sure, you know, you do, they, for the spelling, they can just look below the recording and they'll probably, you probably have my name there. Mm -hmm. So crystalalexanderhill.com. Um, there'll be details about the, the, um, the, Temple of Galactic Embodiment. There's also other workshops that I'm offering online and there's lots of free, um, free gifts as well. Another expand meditation to expand your essence and your energy that sort of goes for 15, 13 minutes, I think, and really goes through all of the chakras in a lot more detail than we had time to right now. So that's something that's available at crystalalexanderhill.com forward slash gift. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Ah, you've given us so much information here, Crystal, and so many, so many seeds for further thinking and further reflection. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing for the feminine to really empower her and 
yeah, assist her to shine and to release the, the shackles of the patriarchy so that she can come and lead again. So I really honour you for the work that you're doing as well. Thank you. Mm, thank you so much. Now, for a moment, let's all just focus our intention on this beautiful buzzing energy that's connecting us to Mother Earth and to our galactic cosmic energies as well. Ah, and send that energy to everyone, everywhere on our planet. And truly remember that we are all one. And the more of us that are stepping into our sacred feminine power, the more beauty we can create, the more co-creation we can bring along on our beautiful planet. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. <laughs>